This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Impact Theory Podcast, your source of empowering ideas and actionable techniques from the world's highest achievers. Join host Tom Bilyeu, serial entrepreneur and co-founder of the billion-dollar brand Quest Nutrition, on a journey to unlock your potential and realize your vision of success. Welcome to Impact Theory. What is up, everybody? Welcome to Relationship Theory. I am your co-host, Tom Bilyeu, and I am here with my beautiful wife who has changed her hair up, Lisa Bilyeu. What is up? Keeping it fresh, baby. There you go. I dig it. After all these years, you never know what you're going to get, baby. I knew you would say that. I knew like it would become a reference to all these years. So funny. I just, but I've had long hair my whole life. And so it's kind of hard to mix it up, just usually down or in a ponytail, but it's like, keep you on your toes. You don't know what style I'm going to come up with next. Oh, by the way, if you guys are joining us right now, do us a huge favor if this is adding value. Not only share it, but drop in a comment. Say hi to somebody in the feed. Ask a question, Mm -hmm. anything, because... That helps us get um, more juice from the algorithm. So we want to get this as much visibility as humanly possible. And we know that the more engagement there is in the opening um, minutes of this feed, it'll get shared more. So by the algorithm. And then, of course, by you guys as well. That would be amazing if you would share it. And then you've got some stuff. Yeah, so I've got a really interesting question coming up. Well, are we going to make Will happy? Yes, but you've taught me. You said you've got to tease what the episode's about. See, they tell me what to do. I stick to it and then you just step all over (laughs) it. So I was told (laughs) to tease what we're about to say. Yes, good point. We're being very open and honest about the things we're learning here on our Facebook Lives. Indeed, and YouTube. What's up, YouTube? What's up, YouTube? Yes. So um, we've got a question coming up about betrayal and how we oh, would handle Oh, shit. Even that. I didn't know that. You didn't know that. But in, before we get into that, we want to say that we've got a 10% coupon right now going on until 1 p.m. Um, West Coast time, I believe, Pacific time. Um, and you get 10% off if you order two t-shirts. And the reason why it's two is that it's for you and your loved one. So whether that's male, female, male, male, female, female, two t-shirts, you get 10% off. So go to shop at, oh no, shop.com, shop. Shop.impacttheory.com. My wife is having a stroke. The man's got my, my back. Um, and then what you have to do to enter is step one, you have to share this YouTube link with your friends and family. No, that's wrong. Is this right? You okay over there? Don't forget to end. Oh, it's two contests. Now you guys are just confusing. Two contests. All right, that's, we'll that's get to the other one later. Much. Yeah, because I want to get into yeah, talking about the relationship. Betrayal. Let's talk about betrayal. All right, guys. This came in from the Connect inbox. Question from Corin Davis. The very active. The very active. Corin wonderful Corin Davis. Um, okay, any suggestions on how... And by the way, it's Corin. I don't know how you Corinne? sucked me into really? your accent. Yeah. <laughs> It's the special way of saying it. You've got to be British. I see. Um, okay. So any suggestions on how best to get over a slight to moderate betrayal? Wow. Not actually cheating, but outside the bounds of acceptable agreed upon behavior. The, uh, the party that breached wow. the trust is remorseful, wants forgiveness and another chance. Thank you, guys. I'm not sure what I'd do without y'all. Well, so here's the good news. Um, this totally comes down to the partners. So if they, if Corinne believes that this is something that she wants to move forward, wants to get past, then absolutely to get past it, the, you literally have to let it go. This is not one of those things that 
can linger in the back of your mind. It's not one of those things that you can bring up again later and punish them. You either get over it or you make it a decisive moment. Um, outline exactly what you need from them in order to get over it. Like whatever your ask is, whatever change in behavior, like whatever that's going to be. Um, but detail that up front and then you have to stick to it. So this is one where I, I really feel like almost more of the work is on the side of the person that has to do the forgiving because you actually have to let it go. So, and I think that that's Ooh. really, yeah, that's really hard for people. I think people have a harder time actually letting go than they have being remorseful for their behavior. Now, if this guy is pathological and there's like, then okay, he's never going to get over it. But, but don't you think that some people that are remorseful, it's still like they still have to actually make changes in their life because there's one thing to go, oh my God, I'm so sorry. And then what happens six months down the line when you're potentially put in that same situation? Um, you've got to actually make changes in your life so that you don't put yourself back into that. You don't have the same outcome. Yeah, I'll put that into what I mean by pathological. Like if, if they're incapable of change, like if they're not going to be able to get themselves out of that behavior, if the way that they felt in doing that and the distance that it created on their side, like if they're just sorry because they got found out, that's one thing. But if they... It's interesting. You're having a uh, yeah, an I think, unexpected uh, response to this. I think because, yes, I think when you see that you've hurt somebody, they're going to be sorry, right? Yeah. You feel it. But acting and changing your actions later is two very different things. Yep. So they may be super genuine and completely sorry about... So what's your advice? Fuck them? Because <laughs> no. like, that's what's hiding no, it's, behind it's, your it's, words. It's, no, it's when you said that it's the person that has to do for the, the forgiveness oh, that's I, got I think most that that's harder. Work. I think that there is a there is less likelihood that she will be able to, all things being equal, I happen to know her, so I have high hopes that she's so growth mindsetted that she'll be able to do it. But just like your average citizen, they feel so just in coming after that person six months from now, right. a year yeah, from now. They're right. going to keep bringing this shit up. Yeah. And because I think that is way more of a dangerous human behavior because that is going to keep it being a yeah, problem and true. the person feels that they're punished routinely and that they're never able to get past it, that they're going to slip, not even slip, they're going to stay in the same behavior patterns because they're thinking, what the fuck? Like, there's nothing I can do. So because she's never going to get over it anyway, I might as well fucking keep doing it. So that, I think, is for sure the more dangerous part because people feel so justified. Almost certainly, the other person does not feel justified, and so that's part of why they feel remorse. Now, they may be incapable of change. They may be a total dirtbag, and if they're a dirtbag and they can't change, sure. then absolutely, that like that's the problem. But when you're talking about a betrayal and actually moving on from it, for sure, 100%, the person can't keep doing the behavior. I'll say that that's given. Oh, yeah. The thing that people don't see coming that's going to really cause them problems is they don't know how to actually let it go. They know how to say the words like, I'm going to, in fact, God, everything comes like what you're reading really frames everything. So I'm reading The Long Walk to Freedom by Nelson Mandela. It is insanity, insanity what happened during apartheid during in, in South Africa. I mean, just uh, it's, even before he goes to jail, the book is exhausting because like they keep taking him to jail like over and over and over. It's crazy town for like the dumbest shit. And in that, it's like you get it. They let him out of jail, but they are just waiting to take him back. Mm. Just uh, like waiting. Like he is terrified to even just be in a car because if you get stopped at a roadblock, which they would set up routinely, um, they may just take you in just because and you're saying that someone that crazy so they've been stung is doing that like yeah waiting like they let them out of jail quote unquote right like, huh. but they're just waiting to punish them again mm. they're waiting to bring it up mm. and that's where i think couples get in trouble that shit is hard because you're you're in like she is in the right if it's a, a mutually recognized betrayal she knows she's in the right yeah. he knows he's in the wrong right. so how do you meet again as equals mm. that's the hard part mm. yeah that's actually a really good point I think people do hold on to things like that because, um, like, I think everything you need to heal, right? And if you haven't healed, then you kind of keep, it's like a wound that you, that just keeps on bleeding, right? You're putting like a Band-Aid over it. So I think for us, we would dig deep and we'll go, how did it happen in the first place, right? Like, we're always trying to 
um, take the responsibility on ourselves. So like if you had done something that to me was a betrayal in our agreed, you know, um, I guess, uh, rules of engagement, um, I would absolutely ask what happened. So get the story. And then I would figure out what did you do wrong? And then what did I do wrong? Right? Like, how can I take ownership of it? Um, instead of playing the victim, and to me that's very important and very powerful because I, I think that playing the victim role, like it n- has never, at least for me, has never served me. I've never actually seen that playing the wounded, you know, person is like, oh, woe is me. It's never worked out well ever. Um, it's only until I change my mindset that go, okay, well, this happened. Yes, it sucks. It feels shitty. But now, what can I do to improve that? And so, what is it? What have I done in that relationship that's caused you to, let's say, do something potentially wrong? Oh, have I? Maybe I haven't. And maybe that's you. And maybe now it's certain things that are going in your life has led you to that. But again, I would still go, okay, but I then didn't help him through it. How can I help him through it? What were the signals that I ignored? Um, And that's just how I would own it myself. And really, I find that that having that type of control really does help um, improve situations. But yeah, letting go is definitely a massive thing. And hey, look, if in the first few weeks or something, I recognize my emotions that I'm going to be on edge. Like, let's say every time your phone rings, every time you go to text someone, for whatever reason, let's say I'm just on edge, right? Like, is that her? Assuming this is a situation, right? Is that her? Like, is he texting her? I would own up to that and I would be honest about it. And I would absolutely tell you, look, because of this situation, we have to work through it. But these are the realities. I'm going to be paranoid. I'm going to, like, every time you pick up your phone, I may wonder, is that her? I just need you to bear with me and understand that's a process I need to go through because I am still wounded and this is what I need and being very honest and open to your partner so that you don't feel like you're going crazy, that you don't sit there and go, oh, shit, his, his, his phone's ringing. Oh, my God, like, is that... Like, I would just be open and go, this is one of those moments that I'm actually feeling really insecure right now. All right, question from YouTube from Salima Haji. Do you believe trust should be earned or given and then confirmed once your relationship grows? Oh, wow. So I don't... I think you have to... Um, you know, that's interesting. So here's the reality. It's like micro distrust followed by a give of trust, followed by earning that trust to keep it. So what I mean by that is on a first date, like I don't even know the person. So it's not that I'm leading with some Herculean amount of trust, but I'm a totally optimistic person. I think that humans, most humans are good. They want good things for other people. Also, I believe myself to be an insanely good judge of character. So for the most part, like if somebody has that part to their personality, I'm going to see it. So if I get unease, in fact, I'm, if you want to, what? You're talking about the gut instinct? No, I wasn't. Uh. I mean, sure, but not in the way that I think, given your <laughs> obsession like uh, with the actual gut. I think you were going somewhere. But do you have like an interesting point about that? Oh, I mean, just the stats that you told me that our gut has like a hundred million, is it a hundred million? Yeah. hundred million neurons. You get, you get different it's numbers. Called, it's the size of a cat brain. It, they call it the second brain. Guys, hang on. Your gut has the amount of neurons that a cat brain does. Yeah. So when they say gut intuition, like trust your gut. So no. Sorry, not, to, truth. not to deep. I just found that. No, I mean, look, and this is the sec- The first one I didn't say. I had like a whole, you said something about wound healing and I was about to go into this whole thing, which I talked to um, Bob Hariri about this. Oh, God, every time I spend time with that guy, his mind. So I won't derail us because yeah, I, I was so derail, hesitant. <laughs> uh, I was so good about not the first time. Um, so yeah, I'm not, I don't remember exactly where I was going, but so getting back to the whole notion of trust, it's like, I think people are good. I think that for the most part, like if you can judge character, you can protect yourself from the egregious things. This is where I was going. There's a reason that you're the only person that I've ever said, I love you to. Um, and that's because like, I could feel those little, um, nuances in a personality of either I can't trust them or, or honestly, this is really, as I think back that the other person was going through things in their life that just made it not a good time for them. So it wasn't that they weren't incredible people and hopefully they've gone on to have just amazing, amazing relationships. But at the time I was encountering them while they were an intriguing person, it like they weren't in a place where they could be open, unguarded, Mm -hmm. that they would want to disclose 
um, things that might lead to bad behavior or whatever the case may be. And, and when I say that, I mean that when you're able to really be unguarded, to have a level of self-acceptance, not judging yourself, wanting to be taken as you are, not trying to paint some idealized picture, but saying like, I'm going to be aggressively myself. And that was certainly how I approached the relationship with you. Um, and that was very reciprocated. And so in all of that, given where we both were in our lives, there, because I didn't feel like you were overly trying to be someone or position yourself, like you were just being yourself, it felt like, well, I can either accept her or not accept her, but I didn't have to guess at who her was. Mm. So that was amazing. And because of that, then it's like, well, this is who I am. This is who you are. And now, so the, the trust was both assumed. I just vibing with you thought, okay, this chick is pretty interesting. She seems real. She's not positioning herself. This isn't a marketing effort on her part. It wasn't that you didn't put your best foot forward, but it didn't feel like a PR campaign. And then as we went, it was on that basis of being aggressively ourselves. And then that's just held, right? And then the um, knowing that any lie, any cover-up is going to be felt internally on my side. So it doesn't matter whether you ever find out about it or not. What matters is how does it make me feel? Mm -hmm. Does it make me feel distanced from the relationship? Because if it makes me feel distanced from the relationship, then that's not interesting for me. So, and that's one of those things like I'm not, saying that people should be honest just for the objective sake that honesty is better. I think that the reason honesty is better is because of the way that it makes you feel and the way that it opens up for real connection. So all of that is a way to say it starts with, I don't know you, so I'm being honest like about that, that sure, if on that first date I got a weird vibe, then I'm just gonna put you to the side and, and not have date two, or if it happens on day two, not day three. Um, and then I am going to presume that you're worthy of trust and then it's up to you to really earn that over time. Yeah. And I think everything stacks up, right? It's like little building bricks. So it's not like you go into... A, it's almost like it's ah, brick, brick, brick by brick. brick. Yeah, that works. it wasn't even planned. But yes, it's brick by brick, like but really. Because I think every moment, um, you know, like even when you're saying about personal achievements, right, you really are put to the test, right? It's easier to say, this is what I'll do or for you, right? This is how I'm going to act. Um, if I got sick, I'm always going to power through it. But it's very different on the day you actually get super sick, fever, how do you actually act? And so for me, it's about the actions. So everyone may have like the most authentic, um, you know, uh, heart and be like oh no I'm not going to cheat on you or I'm not going to lie to you you know they may have every ounce of like belief in that but when it comes down to it how do they actually act so I absolutely put 100% not 99.9 100% trust in you right so you could I could walk in on you there could be a naked woman in the room and I'll just assume assume she surprised you and you were sleeping and you happened to wake up and she was in your room because I trust you that much um, but it's because you've built that trust brick by brick by brick over the entire 17 years that we've met or that we've known each other. So it's not like that happened overnight and now I'm blinded by, you know, like just who you are. It's like, no, I've seen you act in accordance to your belief system every single day in every um, scenario, right? Like you've had women throw themselves at you. Obviously, being the president of Quest Nutrition, there's a lot of fitness people that try to get your attention. And it never bothered me because I would just see that you really do live up to your reputation where you are very professional. That doesn't phase you. You don't, you know, um, ever like start oogling at them or whatever the word is, ogling. Um, and so anyways, like, yeah, over the last 17 years, you've just proven to me that I can trust you. But it's not like I would go into a relationship being like, oh, well, they're never going to cheat on me or they're never going to like betray me or I would be very cautious but like what you said micro yeah, but you weren't weird about it and so I do want to make sure that people understand that it's not like I ever and I guess back then we didn't really have text messaging but I never felt like it was some Herculean task to get you to trust me you know what I mean because that yeah, would have sucked I, but I, I didn't give that. myself over to you in day one so it's like let's say after the first month I was really really into you but if all of a sudden you cheated on me after the first month it would have hurt but I was like well, well 
learn next time. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, that's still true now. So right, of course. But I'm just saying a little I, more emotional than uh, I'm guess just I saying that time, now yeah. that um, I guess trust has definitely gotten stronger over sure. the years. And um, when there are moments where we've been in fights, right? Where have you ever used anything ever that I've said to you with um, uh, what's the word? Um, self like with no self-confidence like if I've ever told you any of my weaknesses mm. have you ever brought that up in a fight right because it could have been very easy you could have dug at me you could have absolutely have gotten that little sting out of me that you know thing that you may have wanted but you've never done that you've never brought up something in the past you've never brought up things that I'm insecure about in a fight and I think in those moments where you could easily have done it and you didn't again that's another brick in the fact that I can trust you and trust who you are and trust what you're going to do with information and sensitivity that I give you which then allows me to give myself over to you 100% so word well said um, all right and guys, we are answering questions live, so please put them in the comments and we'll get to them. All right, so we've got another question. Um, this comes from Facebook from Lever Hansen. Hi, Tom and Lisa. Could you please share your experience on being surrounded by friends and family that has a totally different view on the world? It is hard to be surrounded by people who can't really imagine what it is to have so much passion and drive. We hear all the time that we should surround ourselves with people who are only going to lift you up. But what about old friends and family? What if you're not? What if they are not supportive at all? Additionally, is it very hard to know that you are spending time on people who no longer add value to your life? Thanks in advance. Greetings from Denmark. Denmark. Wow. What is up, Denmark? Uh, so to me, this is the world's easiest thing to deal with. It causes exactly zero stress in my life. And I learned very early on that uh, it, as long as I don't try to convince them to think like I think and to meet them in a place of compassion. And how does that play out? Because that like, to be honest, like even that sounds like... Um, Woo woo, that is as close as I can get to that. In reality, when I'm hanging around people that I care about either just because I'm related to them or they're a historical figure in my life or whatever, um, what's actually going through my mind is I just wanna see like their humanity. I wanna see what they're like. I wanna see what they're interested in. I'm not worried about convincing. I am so, I know I'm right <laughs> to the core of my fucking being that the way that I think is advantageous. That's it. Not that it's the only way to think, just that it is advantageous. It has served me so insanely well. So what possibly could, like, I don't feel any insecurity about the way that I think. I don't need their approval. Like, and when I say that, it isn't some active, like, I don't need your motherfucking approval. It is like the world's most passive. I am not interested. I'm not even thinking about it. Their approval isn't on my mind. It is just, hey, cool. I'm encountering this human being. Like, where's their mind at? What are they thinking about? What do they find important? What excites them? What scares them? Like, it's just interesting. So meet people with like a curiosity, find out who they are, what they're about. Like, don't worry about convincing them or needing them to think that the way that you are is the right way. And when people assail me, and this happens very routinely, with people that either they've encountered the content or what have you, it's, it is so like non-threatening to me and I don't try to convince them. So if somebody were like, hey, don't you think, let's just go, this just happened. So doing the, in fact, we're gonna be talking about it today in the team meetup. So we did the meet and greet in New York. It was in a bar, risky proposition. Um, and there was, there was some mixed crowd going on. Some people that were there with us, some that weren't, and they were essentially heckling me. And the, one of the criticisms was, you know, aren't you worried that you talk too much? Yeah. <laughs> now what? Like, sure. Like that's crossed my mind hundred percent. So rather than push back rather than like go hard to try to convince them. It's just like, yeah, I totally get your perspective. Um, there was some in the comments I'll get routinely like stuff, whatever that thing is. Um, Tom, I can't believe you do this, that, or the other. And my response is awesome. Thank you for the feedback. Mm. Right. So 
I'm not going to try to convince them. What if they're right? Like there might be power in what they're saying to me. So in those moments where I'm, I am going to be around that person for whatever reason, let's just take a family gathering, right? I'm not going to fucking storm out. I don't need everybody to think like I think. So it's just, I'm going to engage with them from their perspective, see what they're about. If I disagree with something, I always choose silence or a question just to learn more. Um, or if like, I see their perspective while not mine. Like I get where they're coming from. I'm going to say, oh, I totally get where you're coming from. And this happened a ton with your dad. And this was something that I had to learn um, to deal with him in the early days was your dad has always been absurdly kind to me. So why would I ever want to be in a debate or an argument with your dad? Your dad is a very wise man. He has a wildly different perspective than I have, but very wise dude, really successful amazingly kind to me, obviously has loved you with just every ounce of his being at every second of your life. So man, when I say I've got no beef with your dad, like the dude's amazing, but we don't always agree on stuff. So in the early days, I just had to be like, yeah, I totally get where you're coming from. And you know, it's something that I think about and, and, but not push back, not fight, not argue. And you did that out of respect as well. I think out of, because it was my father and um. No, no question, 100%. And on top of that, it's a winning life strategy. Like, I, I, don't, I don't understand people's need to convince. Don't convince. Be a filter, right? Find the people that think like you think, engage with those people, but you don't have to, like, convince everybody. I don't get people that are always debating and arguing. Like, you're just never going to find me do that. So, mm-hmm. And in a relationship, I think that's quite difficult because um, often the the circle of friends or the families are, can be very different. And so going into, you know, a different environment, a different family setting when you're not used to being around that, um, can be uncomfortable. And then especially if you then necessarily, let's say the certain people within that family that you don't get along with. So it's like now you're doing it for your partner's for the sake of your partner, because it's going to make them happy. But now you're putting yourself in a situation where you don't want to be in, or you're around people that you don't want to be around. That can get quite tricky. Yeah. So look, I mean, this would be this would actually really be fun to have like a camera on the wall and record how I deal with stuff like this. So, for instance, and it it is so situation dependent. But if somebody were over multiple encounters, really like coming after me eventually my defense is is very similar when people are really, really coming after me. And it's to ask, what is your goal in approaching me like this? But would you say that to, let's say, one of my friends? Yes. Really? 100, anybody, name them, the president. Because at some point, I just want to know, like, hey, sincerely, what are you hoping to get out of this? Do you want me to feel badly about myself? Do you want me to change my behavior? Are you trying to win an argument? Because if I can understand, one, the honest reason I'm doing that, once you hold that mirror up, you're basically saying, hey, dickhead, like, what the fuck is your possible point here? What they really want usually is to fight. They feel that they're right. They're an antagonistic person. They like to, like, wind people up and see what the fuck happens. Once you ask them, hey, just tell me what your motives are, then it usually then they're like oh what oh my god am i coming across like that then it's like dude if you're really that fucking oblivious that you don't realize how you're coming across a that would be terrifying and b then fine like you've now recognized how you're coming across but c what normally happens is in them having to like articulate it they their mind quickly scans all the potential options and they only have to escalate or de-escalate at that point, you're taking it out of the shadows and you're bringing it to the forefront. You're taking it from everybody can feel the tension, but once you put your finger on it and say, this is really fucking weird, and I certainly don't understand what's happening. In fact, I was about to say, like, I would say, hey, everybody, nobody gets it. I would never do that. I would always take it on myself. I'm not sure where you're going with this. I'm not sure what you want me to think, feel, or do. Um, so if you could just tell me, that would be amazing. That will shut them down 99% of the time. If it doesn't and they choose to escalate, now they are a psychopath and they will come across as such. At that point, if they escalate now, I'm really going to de-escalate. And I'm going to say, you and I definitely do not see the world the same way. I don't understand the advantage of continuing to escalate this conversation. Like you're acting like I'm attacking you. I'm not. And to make that even more clear at this point, I'm going to excuse myself from this. I wish you nothing but the best. 
peace out. And that literally at that point, then I was And you're asleep. saying you would do that no matter who it was. No matter who it was. Because I would have a... I would, I've done that in fucking business meetings. Yeah, but... No, but for hold some, on. Let yeah, me... But, uh, go ahead. I just want to keep it... Trying to keep it to relationship focused. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if I would... Like, there are some people absolutely that I'd have an easier time to say like, they're not a good friend or every time around them, they're trying to be negative, trying to bring me down. So I can easily distance myself. That's not a problem. But like, if it was like your family, um, I mean, I've had issues with your family, right? Like we've all had this, we've had issues with each other's families, but like where I start to feel uncomfortable or I feel a little um, attacked, I go quiet because in, in retaliating, or pushing back, or even calling someone in it, because you may have every right to. I may push back, but now the other person gets super upset, and it just becomes a drama, right? The entire day, the entire lunch, whatever, it just becomes awkward, because everyone in the room feels it. So even if you're right, even if I have every reason, because somebody's being unreasonable towards me, and everyone saw that this person is being unreasonable towards me, retaliating only makes that situation worse. And when it's a family event, I just wouldn't do it. Did you hear me say retaliate? But you're saying, you're, you're calling someone on it. Yes. Do you know how far somebody has to push sure, before Sure, but I'm I just saying that? even that. And can, so let's, let's analyze the behavior. Okay. So now take it out of the abstract, make it real. Yeah. So look at how... I have dealt with the the friction that, and which by the way has been minor, but like the friction that I've ever dealt with from your side of the family and the friction that you've dealt with from my side mm-hmm. of the family. I am always, no one would ever know that I feel any friction. No one, ever, zero. I don't like- That's true. But they know that you feel the friction. Because it's not like your quiet is invisible. Your quiet is a statement, yes? Right. Yes. Okay, so- whether you but we've been in situations where um people have visibly got annoyed at me and it made situations uncomfortable yes whereas i don't think anyone in my family's done that to you do you know why why because i know how to let it roll off my back and you don't hmm. and this is this is a truth of our humanities no that's actually true so things wind you up yes. and I don't let them wind me up. And I recognize that person. I recognize their personality. I know what yeah, they're like. I know true. how they approach the world. And so, hey, I get it. That like when they say something like that to me, I'm thinking that is very in keeping with that person's character. Yeah. And in fact, so, you've helped me grow there because and this that's is, the one thing that you you say to me a lot if I get upset over somebody who may have said something inappropriate to me. I'm like, can you believe that? Like that really upset me. Like, babe, what else do you expect? And that's actually one good thing about finding a partner that sees things differently because you actually do help me recalibrate, kind of get back to my... Um, you know, like baseline and not be upset by it because you're just like, you know that that's what they're like. You know that that's how they normally act. And so when it happens, why are you always surprised? Like it's a pattern. So break the pattern. Don't be surprised. Go in there knowing this is what they're like, but see the love that you can have for them. So you've definitely helped me get through that. I still go quiet if someone upsets me, but... Yeah, 100%. And here's the thing. Honestly, 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 you have to... Do the strategy that makes you feel the way you want to feel. And I have come over the years to understand if ultimately you don't get a chance to really like tell people that bothered me, this upset me, it really like gets to you. And I, I believe that in the, in the sort of from the outside perspective, it is a terrible strategy. And you and I have talked about that a thousand Mm -hmm. times. But from the internal world that I see, it eats you up. I wish it didn't because if it didn't, there's a much better strategy like from a, and, and this is admitting that it is a better strategy from my perspective of saying, especially when dealing with family, harmony is the only thing that makes sense. So you're never going to convince people that you're right ever, ever, ever. You're only ever going to get the most minor, like, Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to upset you. You may get into a pattern where it's like you both have respect for each other. So you'll always go through this really fucking predictable and absolutely unbearable dance that I will never engage in. Cause I find it such a stupid fucking waste of time. Yeah. I can't even begin to tell you of like, I'm me. It offends you. I apologize. Say how I didn't mean to upset you. Like, 
that dance, which you do back and forth. And if you were looking at you guys like molecules, you bang into each other and you spread back out and find equilibrium again. And you, the gravitational pull, you bang into each other again, and then you spread back out to equilibrium. And it's just over and over, bam, bam, like this. It is exhausting to see from the outside. I don't understand why humans do it, but I recognize that there is a massive subset of humanity. That's the only way they know how to be. Mm. Legitimately, like to me, with my internal state, not saying it's better, I'm just saying from my internal state, it's absolute insanity. I couldn't do it. It would be so exhausting and like I would just get nothing out of it. So <laughs> at some point I would be the nine-year-old kid with headphones and an iPad. Like if that were my <laughs> only option, I'd be like, nope, I'm reading. Like peace the fuck out. I just couldn't do it. It's so boring. Ah, it's boring. That's what I can't stand. It's boring. That really went tirade-y. <laughs> but that, there was another part to that question, though, that we didn't address. And it's like, how do you recognize or what do you do when you recognize you're spending time that aren't, um, they're like not oh, part of the five family. people that you want. You just, here's what I actually do. So my advice is officially distance yourself. Not, not that you make an official proclamation. Just get fucking out of that situation as fast as possible. Um, what I've actually done in my life is, is a downgraded version of that, which is slowly we lose contact. Um, because I am um, an introvert, and it's interesting. So Nelson Mandela in his book said, I'm a very gregarious person, but I like being alone even more. I was like, oh my God, that is exactly how I feel. I am not comparing myself to fucking Nelson Mandela, I assure you, but as a personality <laughs> trait, like I thought he said it really well because I am a gregarious person. I like being big when I'm in a certain situation. Um, but then I like being by myself even more. So, um, yeah, that, to that end, that's why, like, I don't end up spending time with people that don't give me more energy than they take. And so they just inevitably become these sort of really remote satellites that I will greet warmly when I see, but I never go out of my way to see. You guys know I have a very strict diet that I stick to, except for very special occasions. And I do that so that I can bring my best every day to what I'm doing. And a big part of that strict diet is high quality animal protein and my go-to source of trustworthy meats and seafoods with no added hormones or antibiotics ever is ButcherBox. ButcherBox is a premium meat subscription service that delivers 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork raised crate-free, and wild-caught seafood all directly to your door. I cannot recommend ButcherBox enough. When you eat ButcherBox, you are giving your body the best possible building blocks to work with so you can reach your full potential. You've got to take care of yourself at a cellular level if you want to hit your peak consistently. So ButcherBox is the key. Sign up at butcherbox.com impact and get our special deal. ButcherBox is off Offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. And that means you can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash impact and use code impact to choose your free for a year offer plus get $20 off your first order. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. You will never be able to reach your full potential if you are riddled with stress and have a lot weighing on your mind. I can tell you from my own experiences with stress and negative thought loops, you have to find a way to work through whatever it is that's weighing on you if you're going to have any hope of achieving your goals. Therapy can be an option for working through things and for an online therapy option that is super convenient and flexible, be sure to check out BetterHelp. With BetterHelp, everything is 100% online and getting started is quick and easy. A brief questionnaire matches you with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time for no extra charge. Get things off your chest, process through things with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash impact theory today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash impact theory. In today's highly unpredictable and rapidly changing world, the smartest move you can make from a financial standpoint is to actually understand how money works and how markets move. Because if you want to have any chance of investing your money wisely and growing your financial portfolio, you have to 
make a profit. And the only way that you're going to do that is either by setting and forgetting or actually understanding what's going on at a macro level. So whether you're a seasoned investor or someone looking for extra guidance, today's sponsor, Yahoo Finance, has got you covered with all the tools, data, and news that you need in one place to grow your knowledge base around what is happening in the world of finance and to make sure that you have the right goals and you're executing well. Yahoo Finance makes it easy to consolidate your accounts so you can effectively and efficiently manage your entire portfolio. Personally, I love how straightforward their platform is to use. It is very simple to get the information that I need. And Impact Theory's own chief financial officer is exactly the same, spending time helping me frame exactly what is going on from a global perspective so that I'm making the smartest decisions that I can. I definitely recommend that you check out Yahoo Finance for comprehensive financial news and analysis. Visit the incredible brand that so many great investors use at yahoofinance.com. It's the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Once again, guys, head there now, yahoofinance.com. All right. There it is. Next question. Um, this comes from YouTube from Tywall3. Long time lover, first time caller. What nice. are your <laughs> thank Welcome. you? What are your best strategies for establishing clear forms of communication when you both have different inherent strategies? Uh, with each other? Is that the what underlying? The, what are your best strategies for establishing clear forms of communication? Yeah. Um, okay, when so you both... when you have different strategies yes. innately. Um, so number one is to not be judgmental, right? So to, when I say like from my perspective with my internal being, I'm not saying it's better. I really mean that. I'm not saying it's better. I'm just saying neurochemically for me, it is the gospel fucking truth. Now I've meaning it's this makes me feel the way that I want to feel. Likewise, from your perspective, I need to accept that there's going to be a neurochemical truth for you that makes you feel the way you want to feel. And I lost a lot of I sacrificed a lot of our shared time to not recognizing that your neurochemical reality was just as strong for you as mine was for me and that trying to convince you to exist in mine was a losing battle. Mm. So the the things that we've convinced each other of over the years have always been the things that benefit us both, right? So at a at a 30,000 foot view no matter what sort of your neurochemical reality like these strategies will work. And so those have been the ones like when we put out the relationship belief theory belief system that we're working on now it's the things that we share right it's those things that uh, really no matter what as long as you have sort of the the only baseline element in fact i'll take this sort of out the only baseline element that is needed for our belief system to make sense is a growth mindset if you don't have that things like when you were earlier saying like i look at it from my perspective and how do i own it like how could i have changed things seen signs um, if you don't have that, then it won't make any sense. So that's first and foremost, we're not judging each other. I think that's really, really critical understanding that everybody is, is coming from their own perspective and that there are, um, things that are objectively going to serve people no matter what. Um, that's always how we've been that. And then the one thing that I think that we've learned to do that is like the fucking golden ticket. This is the thing, um, that if I had to put my finger on and say, this is where we've really won. It's that we're able to communicate our insecurities, our pettiness, um, to get beyond the T, as we call it. So the biggest argument that we ever had was over a cup of tea, <laughs> which just sounds as ridiculous as it was <laughs> to say out loud. Um, and in that argument, which almost ruined this vacation, which for us at the time to take a night in a hotel was just like insanity. It was A, so expensive. And I never took that time off work, even on the weekends. And so you would ask for it and I'd finally agreed to do it and then almost ruined everything um, because we were arguing over this cup of tea. So I wanted tea before we went on our trip. Yeah, and I wanted to leave immediately to make the most of this expense and this time off. So um, it really became like, we couldn't recognize at the time that the tea represented something deep and fundamental to each of us. Right. And instead of talking about each of our deep and fundamental thing, which right. we could then really come together and be like, wow, I really get that. And I love you so much. And I want you to have that thing, right? That the tea represents and vice versa. Um, so 
Once we finally got to that point, by the way, after getting halfway to our destination and turning around on the freeway and headed back because we were fighting so much, only to then realize this is so asinine. What are we really arguing about? Getting to the truth, turning back around and going and having the magical um, weekend, realizing whatever your like thing is, even if it's petty, even if it's insecurity, even if it's jealousy, like strip the emotion away and just say what it is. And in always getting to like that really core base thing, then it's like you can meet the other person with compassion and empathy. Cause it's like, I get why that bothers you. I'm not saying like, I feel the same. I just, I get it. I've been insecure. I've been jealous. I've been petty. Like, and so full recognition and then we don't punish the other person. So if you convey a jealousy, insecurity, pettiness, whatever, it's not like, you're going, hey, asshole, like, I can't believe that you would do that. And you're going to let that be this thing. It's like, whoa, thank you for telling me. Like, there's so much vulnerability to revealing something like that so nakedly to put yourself in the hands of your partner and know that they can make you feel so small for feeling that thing. And when they don't, like, one, you get to feel magnanimous that you don't, right? That you're not beating them up or punishing them. And then the other person feels like, fuck, all my trust, all of my, like, openness is validated. And they see me and they love me and they're there for me and they're gentle and kind. It's just, it's actually a pretty magical moment. Yeah. And I mean, in talking about strategies, like we both had very different strategies at first. And I think that just the thing that really helped me is, is really establishing like, what are our goals, right? Like as long as our goals are exactly the same, the goal is to be able to trust one another, to be able to feel 100% completely um, safe in each other's presence, right? Like all these things, okay, if your goals are the same, then your strategies can be altered. So if you had a strategy that no matter how much we'd agreed on the goal, your strategy wasn't helping me get there because it was making me feel uncomfortable with it, I would just say to you, hey, so there's one thing that you do, you do it like this. And if our goals are X, Y, and Z, I fear that the way you do it doesn't help us get there. So let's come up with a different strategy on how you encourage me to do better at this, to reach our goals. Like kind of really like breaking it all apart. Um, Because even if your inherent strategies, like when we first got together, um, the way we saw things were very different, like our strategies. And so... Yeah, and go into that, like, if you guys have different ways of doing things, I would just sit down and talk about what are you both trying to get to, what's the results you're trying to get, and hey, if you do want to get this result out of me, this is actually a tweak to your strategy that I think you need, because otherwise, you're not going to, I'm not going to be able to get there, and vice versa, so kind of going back to what you were saying about communication, and indeed, so, all right, next question, um, so this comes from Facebook from uh, Janen Lewis. Lewis, where do you draw the line with the quotes? You know what that that's what they're like. That's end quotes. Personally, I see that as an excuse for bad behavior and have become far less tolerant of it than I have been. Like I do not see much benefit in allowing a bad acting relative or whoever to continue with disruptive behavior. Why the cheeky smile? Because, like, I I totally hear what they're saying. Like, I used to be like that, right? Like, morally, that person shouldn't be like that. Or morally, that person shouldn't say that to that person. That's just so inappropriate. And how can that person treat that person like that? And I was always the one that was like, I, I should step in and stick up for that person or call that person on their crap because that's just not right. You don't treat someone like that. And that, that was my personality. That's very instinctual of who I am. Now, the problem, not even problem, I mean, yes, problem, in situations like that, it never makes the situation better, ever. Like, you're never, like, calming people down, helping people through the difficult times. You're just really someone with a spoon stirring the pot. And you may not mean to, because it may come from, like, but I just want to feed people, so I'm stirring this pot to, like, create good food. But the truth is, it never ends well. And so when it comes to, let's say, in a family environment where it's me and you and I've seen someone, even I've seen someone talk badly to you. And I remember this. Someone said something to you and I got so annoyed. Like, 
who, who the fuck do you think you are? You don't talk to my husband like that. That's so disrespectful to him. How the hell? Like, I, it was offensive to me. Like, offensive. <gasps> and, but this has come to a point where I had, we'd had many, many situations like that. And I just thought, okay, first of all, you would not want me to defend you. But, yeah, I've got a thing. Right, but I know you well enough, right? So yeah. even though instinctually I think that they've done you wrong and they're rude, and I know you're not going to call them on it because it may be someone close to you, I was like, well, even though I want to, it's not going to help. Now you're just going to get upset with me because I know that about you. So in actually like calling them out and doing something I know you won't like doesn't help. It's going to help mine and your relationship because I've actively gone against something that I know you won't want me to do. Rule number one. So number two, it was like this situation now will just get more tense. What you do is you may go quiet. No one will see it on your face. No one will even realize that that's been offensive to you. And so now I'm bringing it to light. And so you're an adult. As much as I love you and feel like as the wife, I I still have your back and you can count on me no matter what, is that you're an adult and you will handle this in the way that you see is best. It's not about me. So by me inserting myself into a situation where it's you and someone else, especially if it's a family member, now I'm just becoming um, more of a problem than I am the resolution. And so no matter how righteous I may feel I am, I'm not helping the cause. So I see that as well. And then I just know that afterwards you'll be upset that I, st- I said something because it didn't help the cause. And now I have a problem with that person and it's not just you. Right now I've inserted myself and before they may not have had any ill will towards me, but now that I've spoken up, they have. Um, so yeah, so in situations like that, there's, um, I've realized over the years, because again, this was not instinctual, that um, being right doesn't mean that it's the right um, the right act to do, right? I may feel better about myself because like, yes, I've shown that no one can walk over you. No one can say that, but it just causes more problems. And so afterwards, I will be very honest with you. And I say, hey, when so-and-so said that, I actually didn't like it. Um, but it's kind of what you were saying. It's like, accept people for who they are in regards to if they're the sort of person that is being snippy, for instance, I also think there's a reason for that, right? They're probably going through problems. They've probably got issues. They're probably insecure. And so it's just an outlet. And to be honest, you're a very safe person to have that with because people can act completely irrational to you and at you and you don't judge them. And I think it's easier for people to kind of be a little more extreme. So, yeah. So I kind of do understand what they're saying about like, but that's what they're like. Like, I'm not making excuses for them. It's not an excuse at all. It's just in the way that you handle and deal with it, especially when it comes to relationships and in-laws or your partner's, you know, family. It's just, it. I've never seen it end well. So ultimately the goal is to have a very harmonious um, evening or weekend or vacation with everybody because, you know, you... We always say, right? You never know when you're going to get this opportunity again. So, yeah. And to that, I will also say that people treat you exactly the way you let them treat you. So, I fully understand. Like, there are certain relationships in my life that, um, like, if I, and this is part of why I don't freak out. When I need a boundary, I put a fucking boundary. Like, I'm not weird about that. I'm not tense. Like, boom, you know, here's the line in the sand, and that's that. Um, And I think that's really what all this stems from for me is when somebody's able to get under your skin, it's because you're insecure. And when they're trying to get under your skin, it's because they're insecure. So getting into some like battle of whose insecurity has moral superiority is like, it's so asinine. Um, Yeah, I I just, I literally don't understand it. So whatever like baseline um, neuro wiring I have is, is, suboptimal for um those like conflicts in relationship that just from the outside like they seem like such insanity i don't understand it so if i'm going away with a family while other people like maybe to them like that's how their like relationship is shaped and it's you know uh, steel is forged in the fire and so they want to like collide and have like all those moments (laughs) (laughs) to me it literally chokes me up it it is it's absurdity in the highest for me. Oh, and 
in fact, keeping along this line, there have been times where I've gotten into, let's say, a disagreement with my family and my family are upsetting me and you're sitting there and I see you as like, you're my hero. You're my knight in shining armor. And anytime that I'm fearful, like I have no problem in saying like, save me, baby. Like I have no problem in doing that. Um, I don't do it often, but... There have been times where I've been in the debate with my family or someone in my family and I felt attacked. And it's a debate that like maybe, so in fact, perfect example, my health. My dad loved my dad to bits, but we don't see the same um, way of how we're dealing with my health. He wants me to go to a very traditional doctor and um, we're going about like the new medicine and microbiome and all the discoveries there. So we just clash every time I talk to my dad about diet. And so the last time we were in England, my dad asked me the same question every time, bless him, like, oh, how are you doing? So have you gone to a doctor? Like, same question, no matter how much I explain it. And so I go back into it. No, dad, we're actually trying this now and we're trying that. And so he starts like questioning and debating and basically making me feel like everything I'm doing is wrong. And I turned to you and I was just, I gave you like that puppy dog look, look, like help me because he's, I'm not getting through to him. And I, I can't explain the science like you can. And you just kind of gave me like a little pat on the leg, like a kind of an ease, like, it's okay, babe, but you didn't say anything. And afterwards, we've spoken about things like that, where you're like, because I'm like, babe, I really turned to you, like I needed you to speak up. And you, you literally said, well, what outcome are you hoping for? Because while I love your dad to bits, he's not going to hear what I have to say on the new medicine. So I'm not going to sit here and try and convince him that makes him feel bad. Right, then it makes me put you in a position where you have to go in convincing mode, but you don't need to convince him. And so you just kind of let me know by touching my leg that you were there for me emotionally, but that in speaking up and trying to defend you, it's only going to make the entire situation worse. And because you handled it like that, you actually helped me get through it. And so in the moment, I was a bit like, but now I'm I was going to say, like, I, I think the truth is that what you're saying now, and I'm so grateful to hear it, is very much hindsight, de-escalated emotions. At the time, you went from wanting to stab your dad in the neck to (laughs) wanting to stab me in the neck. (laughs) You were not happy about the fact. I knew by then, I knew why you didn't, but I was definitely lost. And so in looking at you, I was like, oh God. Yeah, my thing is like it, so this is a perfect example. No matter what I say, he's not going to be convinced. He's not going to be convinced. And so all I'm thinking is I don't have to convince him. Like that none of this is predicated on him thinking it's the right thing to do. So I'm going to solve the problem. That's that. And I honestly, and that's part of it is basically the strategy I'm employing now is because it's a strategy I believe to be the best strategy. The second I think there's a different strategy I will turn. So I don't have any dogmatic commitment to what I'm pursuing. Mm. So the best I could hope to do is say, here's why I think this is the right strategy now. And he's going to say, and here's why I think you're wrong. And so no one's going to be convinced. So it's like, I, I don't give a shit. I don't have a stake in my position other than I know at the end of the day that I'm going to win because I won't stop I will just keep going until I solve the problem. So this is very much like when I went in in the case of your father in this very specific thing. It's like when I went to him and asked for his blessing to marry you. It's like, okay, it was a little bummer that he wasn't going to give it, but it didn't change anything in my strategy about, and I told him, I said, look, I get it. What you see right now is a broke kid who um, is going to make his daughter poor but I'm the most ambitious person you've ever met. You can't see that now. I fully get that. So like, I'm not going to put a lot of words around trying to get you comfortable with where I'm at now. Like, by the way, when your microbiome problems are in the past and we've figured this out, then it, it will be like that moment when where we, we were on the production floor yeah, right. and you know we've got what we were surrounded at at that moment by like 600 employees or something, 300,000 square feet, like 1.5 million bars pumping off the production line. And I reminded him of what he had asked me, which was, how are you going to take care of my daughter? And I said, how am I doing? Right. And he obviously was just blown away. So it'll be the same thing right now in the middle of your, what we'll call a health crisis. Why would he have much like belief in me, right? So I get it. Everything in his life tells him, go to the doctor. They know best. So 
But you I'm know what? Gonna, I just I'll convince realized, him with my actions. But you know what? I just realized in real time because it never dawned on me until now. I knew you weren't going to convince him. And I knew he, because I know my dad and I know that he likes to read up on his own medical stuff. And But as you were talking, I was like, you know what? I actually knew you wouldn't convince him. I just wanted to feel like I had an ally. Also, if we really get to the heart of it, when you have somebody that's amazingly good at debating or right, my dad's arguing, amazing. Then you want someone that can shut them down so that you can win and be right. And I get the intoxicating. And you've seen me do that with other things where it matters and I actually need to convince people. So you wanted me to turn that on. It's like you will do this fun thing where you'll look at me and say, inspire them, clown. <laughs> Literally those exact words. So it's from the movie Wedding Crashers where the kid goes, make me a bicycle clown. Um, and so whenever my wife wants me to do something, um, she'll, you know, inspire them clown, motivate them clown, like whatever. So Convince like, them clown. exactly. And that, that was exactly what you were looking for at that moment. If you could have just said it out loud, you would have said, convince them clown or be convincing clown. It's like, I know, and I get it. And I always feel terrible when that is a losing strategy, when I'll say words that are convincing to you, but like I can see the future yeah, and they're not convinced. Yeah, yeah. So it's like be convincing clown and convince them clown are very different. Yeah. But like I said, though, I, I do recognize now that really what I needed was to feel like I had an ally because when it becomes in those situations, you, especially because it's my family, you always want to be very respectful. You never want to be that like bullish guy. Yeah, I don't want to so be Yoko Ono. You don't, yeah. And so you always step back and sit always in situations like that and you just let them play out. And in now talking about it, like I've just realized, and that's why I think your hand on my leg made, like in hindsight actually made me feel better. Um, is that I just need to know that I'm not alone in this, right? Because it's like, it's such a health thing that's very, like it's in me and it's something I battle with every single day. And so when you're reading or when like we had the phone call with the doctor over the weekend, like just you being present actually makes me feel like we're in it together. And so even when it came to like my dad and now thinking about it, it wasn't actually that I needed you to convince him, is that I wanted to feel like in that moment as I was talking to my dad that it, I'm not like alone in this battle and that whether he agrees with it or not, we are doing the right thing. Yeah, when we pull this off and we have fixed your microbiome, I'm actually gonna start wearing a cape. Like more than what we've done from a business perspective, like because this was so far outside of anything that I knew or understood and it really has come from a place of aggression and frustration, mm. I will feel very good about having solved this problem. Yeah. But with things like what we're talking about, even within how, you know, to handle like things like my dad and those types of situations, um, just this little realization, right, I think will now help us for the next time in mm. me saying to you, okay, well, I recognize now that when I'm with my dad, I feel like it's, I'm in a, an alone battle. So, hey, babe, this is what I need from you. Can you actually sit closer to me? I think that would really help, in That's fact, if you're near me. Um, if I feel like your hand on me, oh, a little baby boy's coming. So if I feel That's your hilarious. hand on me on my shoulder or if I feel your hand on my leg, feeling that like physical support, I think actually helps me emotionally as well. Wow. That's so it's a good disclosure. Yeah, I just thought about that. So I'm guessing he signals that we're at 11. I know. We are at 11. All right, our so little funny. puppy bonsai is telling us that we're out of time. Hello, handsome boy. All right, guys, thank you so much for joining us. Man, these are fun and amazingly good for our relationship. I hope these are as good for your relationship as they are for ours. And shameless plug, since it came up in today's episode, this Brick by Brick shirt you can actually buy at shop.impacttheory.com. We are doing a special right now for Relationship Theory. If you buy two, one for you, one for your significant other, you get a 10% discount code or 10% off and the discount code is in the feed. So get after it. Thank also you guys on YouTube, so um, Now people on YouTube, the competition we've got going on. Oh yes. Well said. So we have a refer a friend competition right now. We are trying to get to 115,000 subscribers. So in the comment feed is a video. Send your friends to that video. Get them to subscribe to the Tom Bilyeu YouTube channel and put your name in the comments to that video for a chance 
chance to win, no matter where you live in the world, a flight out here to Los Angeles to spend the day with me. So Worldwide. Worldwide. Wow. Homies. Because we, our poor international community has been long neglected. Yes. And so the way that it works is the more friends that you refer, every friend that puts your name in there and subscribes, your name goes into a hat, essentially. And so if you're in there a hundred times, you have a hundred chances to win. If you're only in there once and you only have one chance to win, still better than none. Uh, but the more people you get to subscribe and put your name in that comment section, the better. Um, so get after it. Yeah, and we so love the fact that we're, you know, we have such a big international audience. So people in New Zealand, like we don't care how far Denmark away was in the house you, today. Denmark was in the house, but New Zealand's further. Oh yeah, I'm just saying, I'm, like yeah. to truly right. drive the. Point I'm just out. saying, no matter where you live in the world, guys, we will fly you here. Yep. Word. All right, guys, thank you so much for joining us. If you haven't already yourself, be sure to subscribe. And by the way, if you're on Facebook, go over to YouTube right now. Subscribe. All right, guys, until next time, be legendary. Take care. Hey everybody, thank you so much for listening. And if this content is delivering value to you, please go to iTunes, go to Stitcher, rate and review us. That helps us build this community. And that is what we are all about right now, building this community as big as we can to help as many people as we can deliver as much value as possible. And you guys rating and reviewing really helps with that. All right, guys, thank you again so much. And until next time, my friends, be legendary. Take care.